Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 37 of Coach Prep. Got an interesting topic today, uh, which was very popular on our social media this week. Blog that I wrote about coaching and yelling, and yelling is a coaching tool. For is it all part of one? So that's all, all kind of the same thing. Before we get started, though, let's talk about our sponsor, Cleat It Up FP. Cleat It Up is the communication tool you need to use. It's a free app for your phone. Uh, we'll solve all your communication challenges, so check them out at cleatitup.com. You can use them to uh, handle all your team communication. So, Don, yelling or coaching or both or either, I guess, let's just jump into it. So I wrote a blog, and again, as with many of the things that we talk about, many of the things that I've written, um, this is one of those things that uh, I really wish I had thought a little bit more about and been a little bit more aware of a long time ago. Because for those people who knew me as a younger coach, those people who played for me as a younger coach will know that I might have been uh, the most animated, animated, vocal, uh, yelling, screaming, cussing coach that's ever coached the game of fast pitch softball. I might remember a little bit of that. Not, not just you, though. There was many. You know, I always want to try to give some perspective. So for me coming up, you know, the coaches that were most successful, you know, the ones that we tried to emulate the ones that we thought uh, were, were really the coaches that we wanted to be like were a lot more of that yelling, screaming model. Um, you know, Bobby Knight is a perfect example. Um, there were a lot of others, you know, Vince Lombardi, really successful coaches that uh, um, were not afraid to turn the volume up to 11 and, you know, just get all over a player, get all in a player, try to make, an, make a point, try to you know, make, uh, send a message. So many, I was going to say, many of those uh, things you're talking about were in different times, and so many of our uh, games, strategies, and the the mental part of it has changed, Tori. The kids are changing. The personalities are changing. Right. Things are changing. Well, and just uh, you know, what we used to think of as you know, acceptable motivational tools or techniques just doesn't work anymore. Right. I mean, it just does. Players are much more uh, aware of things than, uh, than maybe we used to be. You know, and again, you know, that's the, the era Time, that I grew up in. Times are changing. I mean, I, I don't think I ever had a coach who was not a yeller. Right, um, nor did I. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, as we became coaches, you know, I think we were just kind of stuck in that trap of, you know, the old thing about I teach as I was taught. Well, I coach as I was coached, unfortunately. I'm, I'm not sure for me, Tori, either, if I would have responded or done all the same things if I would have had a softer voice or coach back then. I don't know if it would have been the same. Right. Well, and, and I don't know that some right. of this is not really tied to generational. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we, we definitely grew up in a different world. We were not as socially conscious. We were not as aware of what's going on in the world. I don't think we were probably likely to be given the same uh, credibility as people. When we were young, we were just kind of like, you know, shut up and do what I told you to do. Instead because of, I said so. Yeah, because I said so. You know, if I say jump, you say how high kind of uh, yeah. world. And obviously, the, you know, the modern players uh, are not cut from that cloth. They want to know why. And if they're not happy, we're going to know about it. And if, they're, if uh, we are uh, too aggressive or, or too abusive or too mean-spirited in anything we do, that we're going to hear about it. And uh, so I think what we want to do is you know, just reach out to our coaching friends and kind of give them something to think about. Because one of the things that you, know, you and I have talked about a bunch of times, you know, it was just an easy trap to fall into to justify what I was doing because we were winning. Right. You know, we, we were winning, so that must mean that screaming and yelling was Effective. good because it yeah. led to wins. 
And unfortunately, you know, now with the benefit of hindsight and being able to look back at the, uh, the, the history, I really believe we would have had more success if I would have had a more moderate a volume, approach. A volume uh, yeah, if I, if I would have been able to turn the volume down, um, you know, once in a while. And, and uh, you know, so to me, I think we want to talk to our coaches today, kind of give them some things to think about. And so, uh, but if you have not seen it, check out our Facebook feed. The title of the blog is Stop Yelling, I Can Hear You. Also, too, on the website, too, right, Tori? Yeah, you, you can go, find it on the website you can also. Go get them all there. There's a bunch, you know, provoke some thoughts and, yeah. And a, a whole bunch of mea culpas. But so in this blog, there are 10 points that I made um, that I think really kind of tie into this whole thing. So we're just going to go through the list. We're not going to go too in-depth on all of them because we would okay. love for you to go back and read it, too. Yeah. But, but number one is coaching is intentional. You know, when we yell, usually it's because we're emotional about something and we're frustrated and if we are out of control, we're probably not as intentional with our, with our words and our message. We're all over the place. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. Number two is we want our players to be in control of their emotions. Well, so, how ridiculous is it if I'm flying off the handle like a lunatic, whether it's mad at a player or mad at an umpire or you know, mad at the other team or whatever it is, how, how crazy is it for me to think that when I'm... They need Demonst- to be more controlled than we are. Right. right? When, I, when I'm demonstrating that I'm out of control, how can I expect them to be in control? Sure. And how ridiculous is it for me to then be mad at a player who throws a helmet when I just got done kicking the bucket? Right. Yep. Okay. Number three is we want our players to be able to think. Okay. We want them to be able to think through in tough situations. And when we yell at them, we kind of short circuit their ability to think clearly. It's distracting, right? Right. Well, and it kind of puts them into that like fight or flight mode, which uh, might be good for a, a boost of adrenaline, but I don't think it's the best place to make logical, conscious decisions about how you're playing the game of softball. Number four is intrinsic motivation works. External motivation doesn't work very well. And I think a lot of us used to think of the idea of yelling at our players, you know, getting after them, getting into them, was kind of a way to motivate them. Right. And you, know, you see it a lot in uh, you know, some of the old war movies, you know, like Full Metal Jacket. You were saying the generational. Right. Uh, yeah. A few good men. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to train you. I'm going to you know, get your attention. I'm going to motivate you. And we all know that players are going to be a whole lot more successful if the reasons they're doing things are coming from within them versus from us. And so the whole idea of using that as a motivating tool, I think, is, is really short-sighted. Number five is fear doesn't really work. Okay, we all want to lead our players with what we think about as like tough love or you know challenging them, but yelling doesn't send the message anywhere Any nearly as yeah. well as a cool, calm discussion. You know, we were laughing a little bit before that's you know throughout your coaching career, you were definitely much more of the good cop, calm and quiet, uh, pull somebody aside, arm around the shoulders, give them a little pep talk kind of personality. That that was more my personality, yeah. And that was comfortable for me to have to be that. Right. Yeah. I I guess what we're starting to understand is nowadays we don't need the good cop, bad cop anymore. What we really need to have is more of the good cop, good cop. Two teachers, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so number six, um, we want our players to be leaders. Okay, when we're constantly yelling at them, we stunt their ability to lead because they're expecting us to always lead in a loud, loud, powerful way. And if I'm screaming and yelling, it makes it a little bit more difficult for another person in the dynamic for a player or even an assistant coach to jump in and say, oh, hey, guys, let's. Number seven, 
Yelling isn't okay anywhere else. Okay, picture going to work and your boss says, Don, I need you to finish the weekly report. And you fly off the handle with some sort of tirade about, you know, I'll get that report done when I'm good and ready. It doesn't work there? Probably gets you fired, okay? If you're the boss and you spend all your time yelling and screaming at your employees in the workplace, you're going to end up in human resources and you're probably going to be the one that gets fired. Right. So when we spend a lot of time in practices or games yelling at our players, we kind of model for them that that's an effective tool, that that's something that they can use. That's what normal things include. Yep. Okay, number eight, um, when we're coaching, we're supposed to be the adults. Uh, right. So if we're coaching, shouldn't we really be modeling more of what we want our players uh, to do? And shouldn't we be asking our players to to follow our lead? They're watching all the time. Right. And yeah. if, if my way of, of getting your attention is to scream at you, how ridiculous is it for me to then think that it's disrespectful for a player to yell at her parent. And when we see them doing those things, they've seen it somewhere. Right. And right? and unfortunately, looking back, I think a lot of them are picking it up from people that should be modeling something different for them. Sure. Okay, number nine is, you know, the kind of the age-old question is, aren't we supposed to toughen them up? Aren't we supposed to get them ready for the real world? And in some ways, I think we are supposed to do that, but we just have to make sure that we can deliver that message. We can deliver that message. We can help them be ready for the real world without screaming it at them. And how much of it do you need to, to get it? Right. Yeah. And, and how loud does it need to be for it to be effective? Yeah. And then uh, number 10 is there's, there is a better way to teach our players and to coach our players. You know, I talked about it earlier before about how we uh, have the old standby of I teach as I was taught, and so we coach as we were coached. If spent your whole career being coached by a screamer or a yeller, if you came up in the day and age where coaches like Bobby Knight were revered as being you know, amazing winners, well, now in hindsight, we look back at it and, and we can kind of you know, cringe a little bit or, or think about it a little bit differently. You know, I think for all of our coaching friends, we need to take a good hard look at what we're doing, what we think of as coaching. And I think there's two traps that people fall into with this. Number one is, you know, we get it in our heads. Well, you joined my team. You knew what kind of coach I was. You came onto this team, and you knew I'm a you hard to, coach. You I'm what a, to expect. Yeah, so you knew what to expect. Well, maybe it's time for us to take a look at it and think, okay, is that the right way to approach it, or should I be taking a much more self-aware, um, critical look at my coaching and decide if, uh, if what I'm doing or what I've been doing is really the best way? And again, I can use myself as a, as a perfect example. You know, during my, my coaching career, won over 800 games at schools that you know, had no reason winning the way that we won. Sure. You know, we had you know, little schools with, with, li- with every little budgets, and, with yeah. uh, you know, little pull, you know, had you know, great success, and, and a lot of people thought that that was an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely. But the flip side of it is, I know without a doubt now, looking back, that if I had done some things differently, if I had been more self-aware, if I had been more open-minded... I think we would have done even better. No, I think, and that's the exciting part of the podcast is sharing, you know, all those experiences and and giving everybody else at least a chance to grow sooner. Right, I mean, that's, that's yeah. awesome stuff. But but I think another you know another way to kind of look at it is you know for our generation and and I talk about Bobby Knight all the time because he was like wild the, and the, crazy, the, but he was the prototypical coach of that model at the time when I was you know, really in my formative years. That um, would last at, about a week as a coach. now, right? Yeah. But here's how it, it, I think one of the things that really made me think about it 
Um, they did a documentary about him, you know, The Last Days of Night or something like that. I can't remember the exact name of the, uh, of the show. It was an in-depth look at the rise and fall of Coach Bobby Knight and how he you know, came out of the military academy and he was you know, this uh, fire and brimstone, scream and yell and cuss kind of coach. And that's exactly who I was emulating. That's exactly the kind of coach I was becoming and I became. And now when you watch that documentary, it's cringeworthy. But I mean, those, it's like those that played for him, though, they knew what to expect. They knew what they were getting into. Yeah, but I think that not you know, not justifying it, right? But, but now, when when you look back at it, you know, again, somebody that's in the basketball Hall of Fame, won some national championships, won an Olympic gold medal, kind of ending his career in disgrace, and and now is sort of like a, a punchline to a joke instead of being revered as the great coach that we thought he was at the time, right? And um, you know, so to me, I think that the the challenge is. Um, you know, we all need to be thinking about uh, what we're doing and is what we're doing really the right way or the best way, best practices for us moving forward. You know, if you're being honest, if you're asking questions, if you're being analytical in your, in your evaluation and you take a good hard look at how things are going, if you don't feel like you're fulfilling your potential as a coach, if you don't feel like your teams are fulfilling what you believe is, is their potential on the field, a great place to look is being self-aware. Right, you said, yeah, and starting off with you know a look in the mirror to say, okay, is is my style, is what I'm doing, the right way to help these players? One of the things that we've talked about a, a dozen times that we keep hearing over and over again. Well, these kids, these kids have changed. These kids are so different. These kids aren't tough. These kids are entitled. These kids, these kids, these kids. Well, kids have always been different from generation to generation. And that's what we've got right now. And, we, and we've these got kids. Yeah, these kids. And so I can be the right coach for these kids, or I can be the coach that maybe was right for those kids. Back then. Yeah. Because even if you were the right coach for those kids back then, doesn't mean that you could not have been better, that you could not have done a better job. That's and, fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our challenge for all of our coaching friends is take a good hard look. Maybe you need to videotape a practice. You know, one of the things that... Uh, I think that's a cool idea, Tori. Um, that, that really got my attention. You know, we were only on TV a couple of times during my coaching career, and it was only a couple of times that I could see myself in replay, but there were a couple of times I didn't like it very much. You know, you talk about uh, the, the yelling and the things that's the topic of the day today, but uh, if you look back at body language and, yeah. and the, the looks and the visuals that you get when you watch yourself, it's very interesting because you start perceiving things the way you know they're seeing things, right. and it, yeah. it can be huge. Yeah, and, and that's a great point, Don, because we're talking about yelling, but you can yell without saying a word. Oh, yeah. And you can be really mean-spirited and aggressive without opening your mouth. Absolutely. You know, the look on your face, the, yeah. um, you know, the, the way you stomp around, all those different kinds of things. I can remember a thousand times giving yeah. the bunt sign, the bunt doesn't get executed, and the look on my face, and the you know the you know flailing <laughs> around my arms, yell and the you know the turning my back and and stomping away, and all that kind of childish stuff that I was doing, and just yeah. how dumb it was. Yeah. And again, I guess you know maybe with with age comes a little bit of wisdom, and with experience comes a little bit of uh, humility. But I'm at a point right now where I can look back at that stuff and and um, assess. Yeah. And and yeah. I and I wish I could say I, I I laugh at it, but it's more of I cringe at it. It's more of I look at it and go ooh. Ye, ah, 
Yeah. But, but fortunately, you had tons of good good things too. Oh yeah, oh no, yeah. and and, and yeah. it's it's always you know half and half. But uh, the the moral to the story is that uh, you know we just need to make sure that we're always thinking about these kinds of things. And just because something worked five years ago doesn't mean it's still going to work today. Just because you felt like something was working really well doesn't mean it was the only way or the best way to do it. And that's what we really want our coaches to take away from that. Uh, from that blog. You know, I, I you like can, the self-aware piece. Yeah. Just be self-aware, right? And and if we keep doing that, we're going to keep getting better as coaches. You know, what, yeah. what, what do we expect? We want our players to keep getting better. Well, yeah. they expect us to keep getting better too. We hope. Yeah. Yep. I think it's a fair expectation for our players to expect us to become better coaches. Yeah. Just like we expect them to become better players. And so uh, sometimes that means you just got to give yourself a good swift kick in the butt and, and change directions sometimes. Get with so, it. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up episode number 37 of Coach Prep. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Again, check out that uh, blog or all our blogs on our uh, fastpitchprep.com website. Tons of great information. Uh, some of them are funny. Some of them are thought-provoking. Some of them are technical. Uh, but there's well over 500 of them, so there's a lot to choose from. Awesome stuff. For Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to Coach Prep, episode number 37, and we'll talk to you again next week.